62 today, Luke 22, verse 62, and today's title is Praying with Tears, Praying with Tears, and let's have a word of prayer before we get started this morning. Father, thank you once again for the opportunity to preach your word. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise for everything. And I ask for the anointing to come upon me and rise up within me to preach your holy word today, your anointed word, that we might be blessed by what you're speaking to us in this hour through your word. I ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. <coughs> we welcome those by internet also this morning. And today's scripture verse goes like this. Again, one verse. It says, So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter went out and wept bitterly. And with the realization of what he had done, he wept bitterly. We're going to see what we're talking about there in just a minute. And then, all, as always, I cannot go by uh, starting this message without quoting Isaiah 40, verse 8, which is the grass withers and the flowers fade. Again, they are doing it all around us every day now in this fall season as we move towards winter. But the flower, grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad? But I want to take a look today at the life of Peter, the apostle Peter. And in Luke 22, this was a season in Peter's life where he was very angry. And he misunderstood several things. And things that he never thought would come into his life were happening. Does that sound familiar to anybody? You thought that it was going to be this way, and it's not. You can raise your hand if that's, if that's you. Nobody knows what life lies ahead of us going back a number of years or what lies ahead of us. We have a somewhat of an understanding and an idea, but we don't know what each day is going to look like. And that's where Peter was at. He thought that things were going to be this way, but they turned out to be a different way. He started out his walk with Jesus in Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. And this is where Jesus challenged him and his brother Andrew to come and follow him. And the scripture says they immediately left their boats and nets and follow Jesus. That has to be a strong anointing that was on Jesus, amen, for they immediately, first time they ever met Jesus, he called to them, follow me. They dropped everything and went with him. Now I and most of us here today, and also you by the internet, you've given up one or more things to follow Jesus. Would you agree? You've given something up. At least we should have anyway when we became believers. You and I walked away from it all because we felt God calling us to a new life in him. Can I get an amen? I know I surely did. I felt God calling me to the new life. Amen. 
True conversion. Now, this is something we need to look at carefully. True conversion happens when we truly turn from something and start to fulfill the call to walk with and follow Jesus. I'm going to say that again this morning. True conversion, if someone's truly saved, truly converted, when that happens, we will truly turn from something and start to fulfill the call to walk with and follow Jesus. Again, let's examine ourselves. Think back many years. Think back even to yesterday. I want to leave this old sinful life and walk with God, we've probably said. I believe this is the right thing to do. Hallelujah. Matthew 10.1 says this, And when he had called his twelve disciples to himself, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. God has called all of us to something much deeper than ourselves, friends. He's called us to be, what? Ambassadors of freedom from all the oppressions that can come in this life. He's called us, folks. He's called us for ourselves and called us to be ambassadors of his life and his ministry to others. Can I get an amen this morning? We saw it firsthand this past week when this lady came to Christ, and it was a glorious thing. Hallelujah. Channels, we become channels to which his power flows to others to go out and truly help people in their struggles in life. We know them, folks, don't we? They're all around us, maybe in our own families, our neighborhoods, the workplace. Rather than avoid them and think, I don't know if I want to deal with that person or those people, and we get something going on in our lives where we block off evangelism or sharing the truth of the gospel with people, fear comes on us, and we end up walking the wrong direction rather than becoming a channel for God's power to flow out to others. Matthew 14, 29 tells us that at one point in his life, Peter actually got out of a boat and walked on the water. Can you believe that this morning? That's the truth of the gospel. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God is true and lasts forever. That's a true statement. He walked on water. By faith, he stepped out of the boat and walked on it. By faith, he stepped out into the impossible, the impossible things of life when God is truly calling you to do it, when he calls you, when he calls you, not when your inner self calls you, uh, a lying spirit or something, uh, a voice calls you, but when Jesus truly calls you and you step out in faith, we can do the impossible. Can I get an amen? He is the God of the impossible that gives us the ability to do the impossible. And as believers here today and by the Internet once again, you know that's true. And things in our life become possible when God has called us to it. He called us out of where we were to another place. 
and things that would have had power over us to cause us to sink are now powerless because he called us out of those places and gave us power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He was calling us in to supernatural ability beyond ourselves. Folks, again, like I've said last week and so many times, we haven't barely even scratched the tip of the iceberg. Somehow, some way, we get lulled into this week after week, day after day, living of life, and we, we believe and we think about things and when we imagine things, but yet we barely, rarely ever touch the power of God. We very rarely ever touch the presence of God in such a tangible way that it changes us. Do you hear me this morning? It's available to us. He wants to channel everything he has and is into us to change us so we can be changing other people. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew 15, 15 says that Peter had a real thirst for learning. And he says here in this scripture, explain this parable to us. He was speaking to Jesus because he wanted to learn. He wanted to learn what Jesus had to say. And this is like the type of believer. Look at yourself today. Look at, I look at myself today. You by the internet. But this is the type of the believer who comes to church and opens their Bible and says, God, I want you to speak to me today. And I want to know what you're teaching me. I want to know it, Lord. Help me. Explain this to me. I am alert and listening for your voice. We've got to have that attitude, folk. We've got to have that, that uh, spirit in us. I want to know. I want to learn. Show it to me in your word. Let me hear it by the spirit. I'm alert and listening to your voice today. I want to understand mysteries. I want to know truth. I want to walk in your truth. And boy, Lord, is that my prayer again today. I want to know everything. I want to know the truth, Lord. Matthew 16, 16. Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? And it was Peter who said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. In other words, you are our everything, Jesus. And Jesus said, you are blessed, Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. That's how it has to be for us, folks. That it's revealed to us through the written word and the spirit of God. It's revealed to us that we know, that we know, that we know. Presence and power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. He had laid hold of a truth that humanity is almost incapable of understanding. There comes a point in every believer's life that we get this revelation deep in our heart and spirit. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You are Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the living Savior, the living Word of God, the living bread. You are Jesus, the Word of God. You are the Son of God. You are the Christ. He is the Christ. He redeems and He saves. He purchased us out of darkness 
and calls us his own, called from darkness into light. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been called from darkness into light. Do you hear me this morning? We are called from darkness into his marvelous light. He is the one who is coming to receive us. We heard about it even this morning. So that where he is, we will dwell with him forever. Are you ready for that? Hallelujah. Lord, come quickly. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Take us to where you are dwelling that we might be with you there. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. There's no doubt about it. So when Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus was speaking of the kind of truth that was in Peter, the cornerstone of the church, that Jesus would build faith in the Son of God, building faith in the fact that he is the Son of God, he is the Savior of the world, his gospel is him crucified, dead, and buried, and raised from the dead, amen, the gospel, I'm going to build my church on this truth. He wasn't telling Peter he was going to be the first pope of the Catholic Church that many still believe even today. It's, it's heresy. And when people truly believe it, no matter what hell throws at them, it will not prevail. Can I get an amen? It will not prevail. It will not prevail if you're truly believing and trusting in the Lord and he is pouring himself into you and you're like a conduit of a channel of his power and your glory. Hell will not prevail against you. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And when they pray, hell won't be able to withstand their prayers. Folks, this is the kind of prayer I'm talking about when we can get to a point where our prayer is so strong and so powerful in God that hell cannot prevail or stop our prayers, amen? People, this nation, we, our family, our cities need prayer, and they need the kind of power prayer that this is talking about right here. Hallelujah. Upon this rock, upon this truth, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Just think about that. This morning. Now in Matthew 17, verses 1 through 3, I'm going to read that for us this morning. 17, Matthew 1 through 3. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Can you imagine that this morning? Rebecca told me that when she was in Israel a number of years ago, that all the different places that they went, that was one of the most powerful places, wasn't it? The Mount of Transfiguration. That anointing still rests there. That truth still rests there. That Jesus is the Son of God. And he was talking with Moses and Elijah, can you believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Peter saw Jesus in all his glory, along with Moses and Elijah standing on that mountain. And even though Moses and Elijah were long, what, dead, Peter saw that in the power of God, 
the dead live. Amen. Even in the power of God, the dead live. If you and I die or when we die, we will live. Amen. The power of God brings people out of death into life. In this realm, in the physical realm, passing from darkness to light, in the earthly realm to the heavenly realm, passing from death into eternal life. God, he's a good God, isn't he? He is a wonderful God. Hallelujah. But Peter saw this, and he saw that even then that and now he has the power to give life to the dead. The divine nature of Jesus Christ, even able to keep that which has died. This is incredible. This is incredible truth. Peter saw it all, and he understood it all. But something began to happen to Peter that all of us need to be aware of. So please listen closely. Please listen closely this morning. He became so knowledgeable that he began to tell Jesus how the future should unfold. I don't like the narrative you're telling me, Jesus. I thought it was supposed to be this way. Have you ever been there and done that, folks? I want you to do things my way, Jesus. I want my will over your will. But anyway, he became so knowledgeable, he began to tell Jesus how the future should unfold. And in Matthew 16, Jesus is saying, what is going to be happening to him? He's telling about what's coming. And then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, this is not the way this is going to go. Now listen up, Jesus, this isn't going to happen. This is Peter speaking. Listen to me, Jesus. No, that's not how it works, is it? This is a great danger to every believer, every one of us, everyone by Internet. This is a great danger. We get so smart in the Lord, we think we know it all, that we start telling God how the future should unfold. Have you done it before? Did you do it even today before you got here? Will you maybe do it again? It's very likely because that's what happens to us. We think we know better than God's more often than not. This is this, is this and this is that, Lord. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be that. And, Lord, you're going to help me get there. Those are not prayers that we want to be praying. We begin to tell God what our future should look like. Let, uh, let he who has spiritual ears hear this morning what the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit of the written Word is saying to us, the church. Heaven forbid we get to a place where we would do that. My will, not yours, Lord. And in Matthew 26, 33, Jesus is saying that the shepherd is going to be killed and all the sheep will be scattered. And Peter says, even if all are made to stumble because of you, Lord, I will never be made to stumble. Is that right? Wow. Is that really? Really right? No. And in verse 35, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And he was being boastful and proud as many are today. He had clearly been warned by Jesus that something was coming his way. Folks, we've been warned over and over again that things are coming our way. Amen. Especially now in this last hour, 
There's things coming our way. We better know what they are, and we better know how to walk with the Lord through them. Amen. I don't want anything to do with my will in this hour. My will needs to be his will. Amen. That we would need faith to get through it. And we do also, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, there is a lot coming our way. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan is after you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. So you return unto me, you get straightened out in your thinking, you get straightened out in your walk with me, and then I can use you to strengthen others. That's what he's saying here. Peter was actually arguing with Jesus and wasn't listening even. He's not really wanting to hear that the road is a lot different than what he thinks it should be. Not wanting to hear how weak he really is without the power of God. The King James Bible says when you return or when you're converted, it actually means converted, when you return, when you're converted, made into another man, then strengthen the brethren. We can't strengthen anybody without the power of God. We can't strengthen anybody unless we're converted ourselves. Would you agree this morning? We need that conversion. We need that power. We need that everything that God can pour into us. So Peter goes into a major tailspin after and during the arrest of Jesus. And this isn't supposed to be this way. Peter's again thinking. So as Jesus is taken and put into trial on the road to Calvary, and Peter is sitting now by a fire. You all know the story. You've heard it many times. And now someone says, hey, weren't you with him? And Peter says, no, not me. Denial number one. And then in Matthew 26, he's approached a second time. You were with him. Peter is in a tailspin, angry, confused, and scared. And he denied again a second time. I'm not a part of this. I'm not part of anything that's going on with this Jesus. Now a third time. You are one of his followers. I have saw you. And he answers, may God strike me dead. If I know that man, referring to Jesus, I swear to God, I don't know him. Can you imagine what must have happened inside of Peter to have been able to say those things after walking with Jesus, seeing all that he did, hearing all that he said for those three plus years. And now things are unfolding a whole different way than he thought, even though Jesus had already told him. What was going to happen? And now he's acting like this. Fear, anger, feeling let down. This happens to many in the church also. People acting very weird at times. You may have done it. You've seen others do it. Nothing is turning out the way I thought it would be. 
happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise, but look where I am. Is that anyone out there today, even by Internet, this gal that we met witness to and saw her come to Christ a few days ago, she wasn't wealthy and healthy and wise. She was in the dregs of life. But 10 minutes later, she was on her way to glory. Amen. I'm praying that she's healed. Doctors can do something. Jesus is going to do something. And all together, it's going to lead to a great testimony. We name never hear a peep about it. But all the angels in heaven rejoice when there's a soul saved. Amen. Hallelujah. And she will tell others. In fact, when we came back later and gave her the Bible, she said that I've been on the phone with everybody. I've talked to my mother. I've talked to my family. I've talked to them and there. She was excited. Tears had flowed. And now the tears of joy and happiness were there. Amen. That's what we need, folks. We need to come back to the joy of our salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, so I don't know if I know you. Many have said and are even saying today. The scripture says that Peter went out and what? He wept bitterly. In other words, folks, he really, really wept. He cried from a deep pain and hurt inside of himself for what he had done. Jesus had looked at him in the eye even as he denied knowing Christ three times. Then he began to see and said, Oh God, what have I done? Have you ever said that before? Have you ever felt that way? Oh God, what have I done? What have I said? What did I do? Have I gone too far from what I knew? Have I so failed you that there is no hope? Well, of course, the answer is no. But sometimes it takes the depths of misery, the depths of weeping, bitterness, to bring us back, amen, to bring us into that place of relationship with God again, to see how wrong we are and how right he is. Can I still be part of your church and have enough strength that will uh, that hell will not prevail against me? Have you ever felt like that before? Jesus, you prayed that my faith would not fail, but I cursed and denied you. I've done sinful things. And Peter went out. And wept bitterly. There are some people who cannot pray without weeping. There's a deep sense of failure. I know people like that. That happens to me occasionally. I hope it happens a lot more. That when I go to prayer, tears flow. So that I can really be washed and cleansed. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this before in the natural. But if you cry, there's a cleansing that takes place. When tears run, you feel healthier, don't you? Something happens when you cry. So that's a sign of something happening in the, in the physical, but man, what about the spirit? You're, you're cleansed. You're washed. And especially when you're doing it based on the word of God, which is a washing and a cleansing agent. Amen. There are some people who cannot pray without weeping. I tried to walk with you. I turned 
from what was wrong to what I thought was right, people would say. But I've done things that I never thought I would do. I didn't think I was capable of doing things that I did. We've all been there. We've done it. How could I have said that? How could have I have done that? How could I have ever gotten myself into that mess here in the house by the Internet? So a few days later, in the upper room, and Jesus walks in after his resurrection. Remember, Peter is remembering now what he has felt and said about Jesus. But Jesus looks at Peter and says, this is huge now, folks, get this, peace be with you. He wasn't saying, Peter, you scoundrel, you this and that. You're never going to be anything in my kingdom. I rebuke you and send you to the outer darkness. No, he walks in knowing full well what Peter had done. He knows fully well what you and I have done, and he's saying, peace be with you. And folks, to me, that's amazing. Peter, you don't have to fear, because I became a curse for you when I hung on that cross. In other words, I bore your sin. Same thing for us, folks. He became a curse for us. He bore our sins on the tree. Amen. And the Bible is very clear. It says that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Then Jesus showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad. And then he again said, peace to you. That's the second time he said it. And as the Father has sent me, I also send you, speaking to them. I'm sending you out, Peter, as an ambassador of mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sending you out, Jesus is saying this morning, as an ambassador of mercy. But you've got to go. I can't send you if you won't go. I, can, I empower you to go, but you still got to go. I'm sending you. Peter, you now know what forgiveness looks like. You now know what grace looks like, Jesus says. You now know things that you did not know before. I speak peace to you. What a Savior he is. What a Savior this man is, Jesus Christ. Jesus then breathed on him and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. They couldn't, we can't do the work of God without the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? We must have the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit to do the work that we need to do. We all need the strength and peace of God, and I humbly thank God today for it all. That in spite of anything we have said or done, how we've lived or how we've not lived. That if Jesus walked in this church right now, he would look at us and say, peace to you. He would say, peace to you. I want you to be at peace with me, says Jesus. I died for you because you couldn't save yourself because you had no strength. 
just like back then with the disciples and just like today and around the world every single day. I died for you. You had no strength. I came to save you. Hallelujah. Jesus would say, I want you to know I came for you because I desire peace with you. And that's what the angel said when Jesus was born. Remember, glory to God in the highest and peace, goodwill toward men. God came to the earth in the form of a baby. That was the incarnation. God is not offended by our weaknesses, friends. He came to get us. He came to save us. He came to bring us home. He came to give us a new mind, a new heart, and a new spirit. He came to give us abundant life. He came because he loves us. And even though people will forsake each other, and we've seen that, we've done it ourselves, had it happen to us time and time again, I will never leave you or forsake you, Jesus says. Isn't that good news today? Thomas, the apostle, disciple Thomas, was also in that upper room. And when Jesus walked in, he had walked with the Lord for three plus years like all of them. He saw everything. He was part of it all. And he said, unless I can see the nail prints in his hands and the hole in the side, I will not believe. I refuse to believe if I cannot see it, even though he'd walked with the Lord and saw all that he did. Friends, there are a lot of people like that. I just don't believe anymore. Or I just don't believe any of this anymore. Jesus told Thomas, give me your finger, Thomas. Put it in the hole in my hands and my side. Jesus wasn't offended that Thomas, like many today, was saying, I'm tired of believing it. I want to see it. I'm tired of believing it, but I want to see it. Is that you today, friend, here in house or by the Internet? I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. How can we not love the kind of Savior that Jesus is, all that he has done for us? He didn't come because we had it all together, but rather because we needed a Savior. He didn't come because we had it all together, but because we needed a Savior, and we still need him. Amen? We will always need him. God has not failed us, and he never will. Do you hear me today, friend? God has not failed us, and he never will. Friends, be at peace with God today and every day. Open your heart and let him give you his Holy Spirit. We need him moving in us and through us now more than ever, as we've said repeatedly. We need a true move of his Spirit today and every day. Just about finished. Friends, we must be humble and bow and open our hearts to the Lord so he can bring his peace 
and blessings to us. Let's don't war against him, but rather yield to him. Let's not war against the plan of God, the will of God, but let's yield to him. That's the plan. That's the road. That's the path. Yield and shed tears in repentance for living outside his perfect will for us. We've all done it. We've all been there. We might even still be there. But as I said a few minutes ago that we began on 10, 10, 10, now 10, 11, 20 today. And back then, the Lord was speaking to us, and he, he really said the same thing today in another way. But we've been standing on this scripture, as many of you know, for a long time, which is John 10, 10. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. How many want that versus anything besides that? We stand on that again today. He said, I'm coming soon. He's coming for us. He's already paid the price. He's made the way. And he said, I have abundant life. Sure, we've got eternity awaiting us, but he has abundant life for us here. But we've got to walk in his path, walk in his will, walk in his way. We can't get him to do our way. In fact, personally, I'd be scared to even try to ask him. Lord, I don't want to go your way. I want you to bless this. I want you to do this. I want to do this. I want to go there. I want to do this. And somehow create something in our minds and ourselves to think that God is okay and that God is going to bless us when he hasn't spoken diddly about it. He can't do that. But his life plan for us is that he would give us his life and give it in an abundant way. Amen. This is his will and his plan for us. So as Peter got off track, we have and we can and we maybe are even today by Internet off track. And we need all hands on deck. We need all reserves forward in the, in the army of God right now for this hour that we're in. You need it personally. Your family needs it. Your extended family needs it. Your church family needs it. Your workplace needs it. Northfield, the cities we live in, needs all hands on deck, walking in the will and the power of the Holy Spirit, looking for opportunities to be ambassadors of what he has given us to give to others. Amen. It's really quite simple. It's really quite fun when we do it his way. But I don't want to hear the crock of the cock crow three times ever in my life where I have denied the Lord, I've walked away, I have done things that are not fitting in his sight, not walked in his will for my life, and think that I'm so smart and so knowledgeable 
and people have spoken so many things into my life. I've read so much stuff. I've listened to so much stuff. I've read the word. I've listened to the sermons and the Bible studies in this church for 10 years. I am so smart now that I really think it should go this way rather than your way, Jesus. Let us never be there. Amen. Joan, if you'd like to come back. And we're just going to worship for a little bit this morning. It's not too late at all. You can hang with us for another 10 minutes or so and we'll seal this with prayer. We'll seal it with a little worship this morning. Praise God. Father, help us to get to a place where tears flow. Tears run like a river, like I saw the lady in the campground this week. One minute she's giggling, talking about something totally different than what I approached her with, saying, I want to talk to you about your soul. And Jesus is saying to us today, I want to talk to you about your soul. I want to talk to you about your life. I want to talk to you about my will in your life and fulfilling that, allowing me to bring abundant life to you and that you would receive it for yourself and then pour it out into others' lives. But Lord, help us, we pray. We repent today. We come before you with hungry hearts for more of you. The deeper life, the deeper way, the good path, the old path, the gospel of grace, the blood of Jesus, the power of the cross, dealing with sin and repentance. And your will, not mine, Lord. You must increase, I must decrease. But Lord, we need to get as right with you as we possibly can because you need us for this last hour. You really don't have to need us, but you chose to need us. You chose to use us, which, again, is incredible. It's incredible. So, Lord, I'm asking you to fill us fresh with your Holy Spirit today. Bring us to a place of tears and repentance even right now or later today or tomorrow or maybe from this day forward, whenever we pray, we would have